Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Would you help me honor our pastors? Pastor Antoine and Pastor Shelley. We honor you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me try again. I said, would you help me honor our pastors? Thank you. Hallelujah. We give God praise and honor for the spirit of God that is in this house. Uh, I honor each of you in your respective places, all of the elders, ministers, all of the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, the sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Mother Frazier, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord always um, has a way of, first of all, let me do this. Welcome, I see a lot of new faces. Welcome to all of our visitors. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming to Bible study. Hallelujah. It is our fervent belief here that it is in Bible study that you grow. It is on Sundays that you get encouraged. But it is in Bible study that you grow as a believer. All right. Um, has the Holy Spirit been doing anything amazing in anybody's life since we began this teaching? <laughs> you want to share? Go, come on, please. Go ahead. Yes. 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 Romans 12. Now, mind you, on Sunday when I left church, me and uh, my fiance, we went and yeah, oh. <laughs> we went to. I took him to Federal Hill because Jerry isn't from Baltimore. For people who don't know, so I took him to Federal Hill, and when we got there, it was a couple on this side of us doing engagement pictures, and it was a wedding party on the other side of us, right? So I'm like. Wow, isn't this a, co um, a coincidence, right? So we leave and we go to my mother's church. They had um, evening service. Their church actually started at 12, 2.30. We get there and it's men's day and they have some of the men from the church speaking on different topics. And one of the guys spoke on the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he broke it down to where they all have something to do with the coordination of three and how um, any time that three goes into something is a symbol of that, like three, six, nine, 12, and so on. So I get home, like I said, and I'm doing my reading. I always study at night. I start um, studying at 12 midnight. It's my time with God. It's quiet, I can hear, and you know I can really dive in. So I'm reading Romans 12, and I'm reading the chapter, and I've, we've already read it. We read it the day before. 
So you know how God can give preachers different revelations when they study certain things. They can do the same thing with us yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. So I'm reading Romans 12. And I, I get through the chapter. So after I read the chapter, I always I, I go into prayer, and I I pray for things that stick out. Mm -hmm. So Holy Spirit said, verse twelve. So verse twelve is be confident in you. Be patient in the time of trouble, yeah. and pray continuously. Yeah. So I read it and I prayed. I said, okay, I got it. And it said verse twelve. Yeah. I said okay, and I read it again. So I said, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? So he said, look at 12 and 12, the chapter and the verse. I said, okay, wait a minute. Now, mind you, I'm in prayer. I'm not just studying. I'm in prayer. So I said, okay, God, if I go to the calendar and this 12-12 is any part of the weekend, I'm going to take this as a sign that you're telling me a wedding date. I go to the calendar, the calendar in my phone and 12-12 is on a Saturday. So I'm just in awe. I'm sitting on the bed because me and Dre, everybody has asked us, like, well, when is your date? When is your date? And we're like, well, we're going to let God lead. And see, when you speak things into the atmosphere, God will do it. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to be, if, if it's up to Dre, we get married now, and it's up to me, we'll get married in a year or two. You know, because that's what we want. But Holy Spirit has something else yeah. in store. When he's doing it, it's not about you. Yeah. The union is about him and what he, what kind of glory he's sure. going to get from sure. it. Right? So I'm, I'm, I, I am so stunned and my mind is so blown because God did this thing. I didn't text Pastor Shelly. It's like one something in the morning. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I can't. I'm like, and you know, we, we always say that we want God to do things, but we never make room yeah. for him to do it. You know what I mean? And we really made room. We were so intentional to not just pick any date, let people talk us into a date, but really allow one Holy Spirit to do it. And yeah. he did it. Yeah. So not only is it 12-12, but it, it's, it's nine months away. It takes nine months to give birth. It takes nine months to give birth. I'm sorry. Press, I was... I think she need to be flat or something. Listen, it takes nine months to birth yes. something. God wants to birth something out of us Thank before you, Lord. we get the altar. And I just want, I had to share that testimony. Yeah. I was at work and I got off late and I said, I got to go. I got to let everybody who want to know this wedding day that God has blessed us with 12-12-2001. So there's the day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Y'all point, point your hands toward Tia. Father, <laughs> may the, the grace and the favor of God that comes with obedience to Holy Spirit meet her and her husband on 12-12-20 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is so kind because I've already said he has a way of confirming his word. Uh, let me start my clock. You know, last week, some of y'all fell asleep on me. <laughs> I always say, I, I just said God always has a way of confirming his word. And uh, the temperature in the room for me confirmed what God wants to communicate to you tonight. Um, but then Tia, as she just testified, further verified to me that I heard God correctly today. Okay. Hallelujah. 
So we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer. Um, first, let me let me do this. I'm going to lay some foundation about praying in the spirit. Um, and then I'm going to go into talking about the power of prayer in and of itself. Okay, so uh, if you don't have this book by Apostle Bill Hammond, 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues, we have, I think, about eight copies um, left here at the church. Uh, it costs $20 to purchase it from us. So if you want to buy it, please get it. I'm not going to go over 70 reasons tonight, but we're just going to talk about uh, prayer and praying in the spirit. Okay. Um, I, I was inquiring of Holy Spirit about what he wanted me to communicate about him, him on tonight, this third or one, two, three, fourth and fifth installation of, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, series, NUMA series. And, uh, I was going to talk about the gifts of the spirit, right? But I could not, uh, or Holy Spirit, Spirit wouldn't release me to really put something down on paper about the gifts of the Spirit. And he brought back to my mind, um, Alicia and I went to um, a conference not long ago. We were in a service where um, it was geared toward activating the gifts of the Spirit. And during the praise and worship segment of the service, um, the Lord drew my attention to a group of young people to my right. Now, the room is predominantly under 50, but there was a group of young people to my right, um, and uh, the Lord began to speak to me concerning them, um, and I was, leaned over to Alicia, and I told her, yo, this is Alicia. Isn't she beautiful? Hallelujah. <laughs> Tia, we're not engaged yet, but this will be my wife. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> all right, y'all... Y'all taking up my time. <laughs> y'all just, y'all owe me seven seconds. Um, uh, but the Holy Spirit began to speak to me concerning them. And uh, what he said was, look at them. He said, they want my power, but they do not want my presence. They want my power. They want to prophesy. They want to lay hands on the sick, but they don't want to study my word. This word here. They want to be able to say, and the Lord says, and the spirit of grace, and if I be a prophet of God, such and such, but they don't want to be in the book. And so as I was preparing to teach on the gifts of the spirit, the Lord brought that back to my mind. <laughs> the Lord brought that back to my mind. And, um, and he said, I want you to teach them about the altar. And then he brought back to me how our benediction there again a few Sundays ago was Leviticus chapter 6, 12 and 13. And the fire on the altar must never burn out. It must be kept burning. And a new offering must be placed on it by the priest every morning. Uh, and then it was further confirmed because last Tuesday we ended the teaching by talking about the altar. And how the women brought their offering before God. And that is why Holy Spirit just flipped this place upside down a few weeks ago. Okay. All right, so we in the vein today. All right, so Romans 8, Romans 8, 26, 27. We talked about it last week. We're not going to read it. Uh, you could just write it down for your notes. Um, but the Holy Spirit, in addition to Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. Okay? He is our intercessor. All right? Um, the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers. I just want to give you, we went over this already, but I want to give you a definition of the Holy Spirit um, that I gave you on the first installation of this. But the Holy Spirit is the personal 
resident representative of the Godhead in the earth, okay? The personal resident representative of the Godhead in, in the earth. All right, and at the end of this, we're going to do a case study. Um, how many of you did your homework and read Acts, Acts the book of Acts? <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to go into it at the end of this. All right, so um, most of us are familiar with the fact that uh, in the church, when we receive Holy Spirit, you know, it's supposed to come along with this thing called tongues, right? Right? Okay, most of us are familiar with that fact. Um, but, we, we, but we are unfamiliar biblically with what tongues are. So the gift of tongues is, is a power weapon that the church, in my opinion, does not use nearly enough. Okay. And one of the reasons why in our churches, in our world, in our uh, uh, government systems that we don't see a true merger of the eternal with the natural realm is because we are praying from a vantage point of our own, but not from heaven's vantage point. Okay. The Bible says when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us through moanings and groanings. Right. We went over this. Okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Let's flip to it. 10 uh, verses 10 and 11. Let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. That's from Evangelist Fantasia. Y'all laughing. That woman is an evangelist. I never seen an R&B concert where they have an altar call at the end. All right. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 10 through 11. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to read the Amplified Version. And to another, the working of miracles. This is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And to another, prophecy, foretelling the future, speaking the message, uh, a new message from God to the people. And to another, discernment of spirits, the ability to distinguish sound, godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religious systems and cults. To another, various kinds of tongues, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. It says in verse 11, and all these things are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit distributing to each one individually just as he chooses. Leave that up there, Warren. Go back to verse 10, please. All right. It says at the bottom, and another various kinds of tongues, various kinds of tongues, and to another the ability to interpret tongues. If you have the King James Version, you probably, it probably says diverse kinds of tongues, right? That word diverse there means different. So different kinds of tongues, different kinds of tongues. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 1. And we can do the King James Version if you don't mind, Warren. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, there we go, see, two different kinds of tongues, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. The important part that I want to stick out to you right there is, though I speak with the tongues of men 
and of angels. So there we see diverse kinds of tongues, okay? So the Bible also talks about unknown tongues. Those are tongues which cannot be, un in, uh, cannot be interpreted. We saw it in the last scripture, all right? And then it talks about other tongues, other tongues, the tongues of men, they can be interpreted, okay? And tongue is another word for language. Isaiah 28 and 11, the prophet says, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? Will he speak to his people? So if you look up that word tongue, it means language. But in the Greek, the word is originally glossolalia. Glossolalia, for any of you who want to go and double check what I'm saying, please do. Um, so everything speaks in its own language. Languages are what distinguish and divide different species, right? Okay. We have humans who speak what? Eng humans speak English. <laughs> they speak English. They speak Spanish. They speak French, right? Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so languages is what distinguishes us into species. First Corinthians 14, 7 through 8. Write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 7 through 8. It says, and even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or what is harped? Does that make sense to everyone? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? The scripture right there is telling us that it is by the sound of a thing that we know what category things belong to. You know cultures by what they speak. Hispanics speak Spanish. Uh, the British, you know, speak English. Americans, for the most part, speak English. Jewish people speak Hebrew generally, right? Dogs bark, owls howl, you know, all these different things. Annoying people get on your nerves. It's a language, okay? <laughs> And it is by hearing these languages as they are spoken that cause certain preconceptions to come into our head about the culture that that language belonged to. All right. If I begin to, if I come up to you and say, I say, you know, que pasa, you know, uh, como te llamos, some, something comes to your head about what it looks like, what a person who speaks Spanish looks like, right? Because, huh? Yeah, you know, what's up, what's your name? But you get a pre, uh, uh, idea in your mind about what that person looks like and what category they should belong to. The reason this is, is because language unlocks culture. That's important, write it down. Language unlocks culture. That's why uh, if you work closely, closely with me in this church um, or any elder, you should be this case, when you speak with us, you, you will hear the language that our pastors use. The language of family, the language of belonging, right? The language of love. Because language unlocks and reveals culture. Now, um, I found that many people don't pray. I remember I said we were talking about prayer. Many people don't pray, not because they don't want to pray. The reason I say that is because it's impossible to come in contact with the supernatural and not want to keep encountering the supernatural. And whether or not you know you've encountered the supernatural or not, let me tell you, all of us in this room have. From Disney, when we were children, they tried to re communicate to us that there is a supernatural reality, to smoking weed, hallelujah. I've got a friend that tells me he hears God better when he smokes weed. 
right? From uh, many of us have participated with astrology and, you know, we like to say crazy, dumb things like I'm a cancer. We participate in black magic, right? So all of us have encountered the supernatural. All of us have encountered the supernatural. So it's not that people don't want to pray. It's that people don't know how to pray. And when people come to me and they say, you know, I don't know how to pray or, or, or how, Pastor Chris, do I take my prayer uh, level to the next, uh, take my prayer life to the next level? What I hear them saying is I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the language. And very often my response to them simply is pray the scripture. Pray the scripture. Why? One, because the Bible says his word does not return unto him void. The Bible also says um, that in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. Right. If the word in the beginning, the word was with God. The word was God. That means this Bible is not the word of God, but the Bible reveals the word of God. And the word of God is Jesus. OK, that makes sense. All right. So if the word of God is Jesus and you're praying the word of God, then the Bible also says that's why you got to use scripture, interpret scripture. The Bible also says that he cannot deny himself. So if you pray scripture, you can never go wrong. OK, so what I hear people saying is I lack the vocabulary. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. This is a proven fact, because even the disciples said, Lord, teach us to to pray. Matthew chapter six. And Jesus then took them through a method of prayer. He wasn't telling them necessarily what to pray, but he was giving them a model of prayer. He wasn't saying, say these words, but he was saying, do it in this manner. Okay. This is what you talk about. So then if we are saved, that is, we have been translated into the kingdom of God. That's a whole nother teaching uh, about what it means to actually be saved. But if you are saved, you have been translated into the kingdom of God. You have received salvation. Then you should have a language that dictates what culture you belong to. Okay. Mark chapter 16, um, verse 17 through 18. Here it is that we find that Jesus is commissioning the 11 disciples. OK, he's commissioning them and he's telling them what will happen, um, what will happen after he has been crucified, after the resurrection. OK, and it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. The first sign of a believer, they shall cast out devils Two. They shall speak with new tongues. Okay? They shall speak with two, two tongues. Okay, we can read this just for the sake of reading. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay? So Jesus says right here that if you believe on me, these signs will follow you. You will speak with new tongues. You will speak with new tongues. And that is what we know as the baptism of the Holy Ghost being filled and having a prayer language. If you have any questions, just interrupt me. Okay, so prayer, I wrote down here, prayer or tongues is a language that is beyond our understanding. The Apostle Paul said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, that is, if I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying. I have no understanding of it. That's 1 Corinthians uh, 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And so I said this before, but we have a false emphasis on tongues and left people without power. Okay. And the reason is because we don't have tongues in right perspective as they relate to the scripture. All right. So it's a myth. We've heard it in the church. If you spent 
longer than 10 years in the church, you've heard. If you don't speak in tongues, you are not saved. Is that true? No, that is not biblical. It is not true, because according to Romans 10, verse 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Those are the requirements to be saved. For with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then Ephesians goes on to say, for it is by grace, through faith, that you are saved. Okay? Mark chapter 16 also debunks that myth. So you can be saved and not speak in tongues. But it is true, as I said on the first installment of this, that it is not until you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit that you can receive the fullness and the full benefit of your salvation. Okay, it's just like um, uh, so on my job. One of the benefits that I have is that they take a certain amount of my check out and they put it in a bank account and um, I can only use that money. I tell them how much to take, but I can only use that money to pay for health care expenses. Okay. If I go to the pharmacy to pick up a medication and I take my regular bank card to pay the copay, but I never look further back in my wallet to pull out that flex, thank you, HSA card, I have not the full benefit of what came with being employed. Okay? Uh, do I want to give you that scripture? Okay. Matthew 3 and 11. Sharon said, I want it all. <laughs> it says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose, whose sandals I am even unworthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay. He, that that uh, is talking about Jesus. So, according to the Bible, tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. Write it down. Tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. We see it. It's replete in the Scripture. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. So um, Acts chapter 2 talks about tongues and interpretation, okay? So this, if it's talking about interpretation, this must be different from the prayer or the devotion, devotional use of speaking in tongues, okay? Um, do you remember I said earlier, or we read earlier, tongues of men and of angels? Okay. So if it's talking about interpretation, this must be the tongues of whom? Men, right, because they can be interpreted. All right. So there are two ways to pray in the spirit, two ways to pray in the spirit. Um, and, and part of the reason I'm covering this tonight is because very often when I say pray, come on, y'all pray in the spirit or Pastor Shelley would say pray in the spirit. I've noticed that there are quite a few uh, persons who belong to changing lives who will just sit and look. Um, and I discern that it's because there is no true understanding of what praying in the spirit is. All right. Two ways to pray in the spirit. Praying. In your prayer or heavenly language is the first way. 
Y'all need an example? All right? Prayed in the Spirit. Second way is to pray something that the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart to pray. So, like, if you are just um, driving down the street, I'll take Tia's example since it was given. She said she prays what stuck out to her in the Scripture. She's praying in the Spirit. Because the spirit highlighted those specific passages and wanted to communicate something to her. So in her giving those scriptures back to God, she's opening herself up to receive revelation of it. So there are times where like um, we're like, um, I'll take I'll take Tiffany and by if Tiffany ever asked you to pray, you just better clear the rest of your calendar. OK, <laughs> but my friend Tiffany here. Um, She'll, so we'll, we'll, she'll be like, you know, let's pray. So we'll pray, I'll pray, and um, I guess I don't hit all the targets. But while I was praying, Holy Spirit was giving her stuff to pray. And so when I'm done, she'll be like, and Father, and she'll, and she'll just continue. Because there were things that either one, she needed to pray them, or I wasn't uh, inclining my ear enough to hear Holy Spirit point those things out. Okay? Does that make sense? So that's praying in the Spirit. Um, let me say this because I think there is a little bit of confusion. Praying in the spirit and the reason I was just able to do it is because how many of you wake up in the morning and uh, have to warm yourself up, you know, to speak English? Like you like uh, you think you're here. OK, before I say a word, I've got to go eat breakfast. I got to drink orange juice and have my coffee before that. Many people in the church think speaking in tongues is like that. It's not. If it is a language, if you belong to the kingdom of heaven, it can just come up out of you. Okay? You don't warm yourself up to speak English. You have been translated into a new kingdom. Somebody said they got a question. You got a question? Nobody? Okay. So... Um, also, sometimes, and this is for the gifts of the Spirit, this is for praying in the Spirit, sometimes it is difficult for us to move in what we don't understand, and that is why we need faith. Jude, chapter 1, verse 20, write it down, one of my favorite scriptures. And build yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. One of the most potent ways to access the realms of faith is by praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay? You know, uh, Alicia here, one of the things I admire about her is that the gift of faith is so powerful in her life. Like every time I'm with her, the faith comes alive in me. Uh, and I've, part of the reason I believe that is is because when she got filled with the Holy Ghost, listen, y'all would have thought somebody exported her from the Wuhan region of China and she brought the coronavirus with her. Bing, ding, ding, gong, gong, gong. You know, but she was praying. She was praying in the spirit. She's praying in the spirit. And the reason she and she makes a practice of it. So the gift of faith comes alive in her. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. The Amplified Version says rising higher and higher like an edifice. If you know anything about kingdoms and castles and all that, an edifice is the, the, the end point on the, on the castle where the warriors stand that is not easily attacked and torn down because they can see at a higher, higher level. So 
you know, we don't move in the things we don't understand because some of us, our faith level is low. But once you start moving in it, God will give you two things, okay? He'll give you context and he'll give you content. Very often, I'm not a prophet, um, but the Bible says I would that you all would prophesy. Um, very often when I am ministering to someone through prophecy, word of wisdom, uh, word of knowledge, uh, particularly word of knowledge, I, um, I don't know. I don't know what's about to come. Okay. Sometimes the Lord will give me one word. Um, I remember one time in Bible study, the Lord said counseling to me and I didn't know what it meant. So I was looking around the room and he highlighted a person and I went to them and I said, does counseling mean anything to you? And she said, huh? I said, does counseling mean anything to you? She said to me, well, I've always wanted to be a counselor. And as she said those words to me, Holy Spirit gave me more. So sometimes even uh, as we are operating in the gifts, not in, listen to me, not in the context of the church, okay? Because one of my life goals, and it's really come alive in me as we begin teaching this, is to make or, or agitate Christians to the point that we stop living normally and we stop confining Holy Spirit to these four walls. But as you move in it, as you move in it, as you yield yourself to Holy Spirit, he will give you the rest. Drop that self-righteousness. Drop that pride because it's pride that rises up. God, I can't say that to her because, you know, I don't know what else to say. Well, guess what? If all you say to her is counseling and the, and the Holy Spirit don't give you nothing else. When she go home, she may not admit it to you, but she going to know I need counseling you know, she's going to know something. She's going to know the relevance of that word. OK, you got to yield to Holy Spirit. When I'm in restaurants, I try to make it a habit. Lord, what are you saying to this waiter? What do you you know? And sometimes I, I myself, I allow fear to grip me. But I try to make it a habit because it is our job as believers to establish his kingdom in the earth to advance his kingdom in the earth. OK, even if it's just a word of exhortation, a word of encouragement to them. I was standing uh, uh, at Uno's downtown at the harbor and this mother came out with her two children and uh, the son was just rowdy. The daughter was in the, the, what is it, the stroller. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell her, to congratulate her and to tell her that he is pleased with how she has handled her children and how she, she looked at me like I was a 10 carat stupid. But I was obedient to Holy Spirit and I told her, okay. Yeah, she looked at me like I was crazy. Okay. I said, the Lord, woman of God, the Lord is pleased. She said, she said, I didn't say it like that. I didn't say it like that. I didn't say it like that. She said, okay. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Praise God. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. I'm going to start over. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. 
Okay? It says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. It says, desire earnestly to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. There are churches, hear me, that will tell you you can't do that. Yes. That is for the pastor only. I'm serious. Forbid not to speak in tongues. Many of us go through life withdrawn and uh, just, you know, tired and, and we can't seem to get above whatever the pressures of our life are. It's because I like to uh, uh, um, uh, analogize it to a charger in a wall. OK, if I if I have. If I have this charger and I plug it, plug this piece into my phone, but this piece is just dangling, I ain't got no power. And nothing is, nothing is going to benefit my phone, okay? You need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the wall. The Holy Ghost is that outlet that you need to recharge yourself. Jesus told, um, he, Jesus said, you err. I'm talking about the functionality of tongues now. You err, you are in error, the spirit of error. Remember we talked about last week, the opposite of the spirit of truth is the spirit of error. You err because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. That's Matthew 22. You know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. There has to be in the church a merger, a marriage of the scripture, of sound doctrine, and of the power of God. Okay, we cannot just preach Jesus is a healer. We've got to go and heal some things. All right. We cannot just preach Jesus is a deliverer and the person preaching has not yet themselves been delivered. Okay. Make sense. Praise God. Okay. So we talked about last week, according to John 16, 13, that one of the functions of the spirit of God is to lead us and to guide us where? Into all truth. Okay. The function of the spirit of God is to lead us and guide us into all truth. So when we come together in church, when we come together as uh, fellowshipping as believers, there must be a dimension of truth that supersedes everything that we do on a human level. And what is that truth? It must come from scripture. But that truth is 1 John 5. This is the confidence that we have that when we pray, he hears us. That is the truth. That is the truth that we rest upon as believers. When we come into the house of God, when we have corporate prayer, that when we pray, this is our confidence. When we pray, he hears us. And not only does he hear us, he what? Answers us. Okay, let us go to um, Acts chapter 12. This is our case study tonight and uh, the meat of what I want to share with you. Oh, we're going to read the whole chapter.
Thank you, Jesus. Y'all got it? Acts chapter 12. Okay, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, the Passover. And when he had apprehended Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So let me just give you some history right there. That um, uh, quatern, what is that word? Quaternions? Yeah, that's how you say it. That's four. Okay, y'all see the prefix four or quat there? Four. So he had four squads of them protecting Peter. How many is that? 16. Thank you. He had 16 soldiers <laughs> protecting. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had 16 soldiers protecting this one man. Somebody talk about the power of God. He had 16 soldiers protecting him. Okay, you can go, go ahead, Warren. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Let's pause right here. How many of you can testify that our cities and territories need to encounter God? And, and, and they don't need, we don't need another preacher. We, we don't need another, another evangelist necessarily. We need Christ himself to manifest in the earth. Okay? We need the wind and the flame of Pentecost in the earth like never before, if any of this is really going to change. Go, uh, go back to verse 5, please. It says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. When you study the scriptures and you study church history, what you'll find is that every movement of God, every, every major revival in, in the Bible, every major revival in the history of the church was birthed in prayer first. Every major revival that had ramifications that really shook the earth was birthed in prayer. Uh, let me tell you this story. I was uh, in college and one of my now mentors, I, I didn't know him at the time, but he, he called me out in a service and he prophesied to me. And part of what he said was, the Lord says, start a revival for me. Now, I didn't know what he was talking about because I was about to graduate college. So is it supposed to be in Atlanta or wherever I'm going, right? And uh, so I didn't know what he was talking about. But now I have clarity about what he was saying, what the Lord was saying to me. I have a friend at Morehouse. When I was a senior, he was a freshman. So we were literally only there together for eight months, okay? We grew very close, very tight. But the Lord laid it on my heart. Now, this is before the prophecy came. The Lord laid it on my heart to pray. And so I called the group of preachers I knew together, and I said, y'all, we need to pray every day, Monday through Friday at 12 noon in this chapel. Some of them were uh, uh, dedicated. Some of them weren't. But we prayed. We prayed. We prayed. We prayed every day, Monday through Friday, 12 noon, so much so that we agitated the demonic philosophy professors. Okay. We had a young man birthed in, uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and that professor came up there, and he was not having it. He told us, shut up. <laughs> he had a class, and he was going to get the police. But do y'all think we stopped? No, he didn't go get the police. So anyway, so, you know, we were praying, 
And I left, I graduated, but I didn't know that the, the freshmen and the sophomores who were there praying with us continued to pray the years after I left. Now, I lied to you not. The freshman that I mentioned, his name, he's, uh, his name is Prophet Christian, Christian Goldman. The freshman, uh, he was a freshman at the time, that came, he and I got close. He now has a prayer ministry on that campus called the Passion Prayer Unit, and he has no less than at least 100 college students coming every Thursday night to cry out to God. Every major move of God has been birthed in prayer first. Every major move of God has been birthed in prayer first. It's sad because we have people who look at our pastors even. How did she get it like that? I want to do what she does. They tell Pastor Antoine, I hear them, man, y'all doing it over there. I watch y'all on Facebook. That's really not what they mean to say. What they mean to say is, how are you doing it? Because I've been doing it for 10, 15 years, and it ain't what you got, okay? But what they don't understand is that changing lives was birthed on their knees, okay? It was birthed on their knees. Yes, question, yes. Mm-hmm. Sure, if the Lord gives you a, an assignment, a mission for yourself personally, absolutely. You need to birth it in the spirit first. Absolutely. Why? Because it is in the spirit that the Lord will give you instructions for it. Right? We talked about Bezalel and Moses, before, uh, you know, two Tuesdays ago. Moses was up on the mountain. And it is in the cloud that God told him, I want the temple like this. I want it this long, this wide, this material. I want the ark like this. Don't, don't put it on the back of the ox. The priests and the Levites need to carry it. God gave him instructions in the cloud. And then God told him, and the man who will build it, I've anointed him, and this is his name. Okay? So absolutely. Any other questions? Okay. So it says the church or prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Peter. It's sad that in today's church, there are people, believers, who we can't pay to come to prayer. You can't, you can't pay them. They, and, and if you do somehow get them to come to prayer, they say, I wanted, you know, two songs and, a, and a, you know, a little exhortation and a prayer and an hour flat. I need to be out of here by eight. That's what they say. It's crazy. You can't pray them. You can't pay them to come to prayer. But it's funny because those are the same people who find no joy in life. Isaiah 56. Here, who did the prophet Isaiah prophesy about? Jesus. Okay. Here it is that Jesus, even in the Old Testament, Jesus says, I will bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. And give them joy in my house of prayer. Okay? They made intercession for Peter without ceasing while he was in Herod's custody. Let's read a little further. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, 
Peter was sleeping between two of the soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, Peter, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, get up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Thank you, Lord. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did this. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment upon thee and follow me. Put on your clothes and come with me. And he went out and followed him and, was, uh, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but, th but thought he saw a vision. Peter thought he saw a vision. He didn't think it was actually happening. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate, I want you to pay attention to this, that leads unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. They ain't do nothing to open the gate. But because there was a church praying for Peter, hallelujah, the gate just opened. Hallelujah. The gate just opened. And they went out and passed on through one. Oh, let me say this to you. If you read the Amplified Version of Acts chapter 12, when it talks about they passed the first and second ward, it literally says they, it, the Amplified Version says they passed through the guards. So some, that means something there miraculous happened. They didn't just walk past them, but somehow Peter in that moment was transfigured to where he could go straight through. Hallelujah. That was some of your place to shout right there. Because those who are praying for you and as you lay up prayer for you, God is sending angels to assist you to transform and transfigure you so that you can go straight through. Yes, Lord. And uh, uh, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. So here the angel left Peter. And when Peter was come to himself, when he realized, he said, Now I know of a certainty that the Lord has sent his angel, there it is, and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together doing what? Praying. What were they doing? Praying. They were praying. He went to the church that was praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate. And the damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. Somebody shout Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, thank you, Lord, she opened not the gate for gladness, but she ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. She had no idea it was Peter. But she heard his voice. There are things coming upon you. Thank you, Jesus, that you will be able to hear before you see and realize this is the will of God for me. Why? Because she was in the house where they were praying, which means her discernment must have been sharpened. Because the last time they saw Peter, they had 16 soldiers escorting him away. 
But here now, she don't even see him. She just hear his voice. Normally in that time, they would have thought, oh, that must be a ghost. But no, she knew. She had discernment, keenness of spirit because she was praying. This is the apostle Peter. And they said unto her, thou art mad. You're crazy. But she constantly affirmed, she stood, she held fast to the word of God that this was so. Then they said, it is his angel. Okay, keep going. Somebody say, Lord, let the spirit of Rhoda come upon me. But Peter continued to knock. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoning unto them, with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord brought him out of the prison. And he said, go and show these things unto James and to the brothers. And he departed and went to another place. We, that's the end of it, but we can keep reading just for the sake of it. Um, now, as soon it was as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. And what was become of Peter? They had no idea what happened. Thank you, Jesus. Some, the Lord will, 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 will uh, snatch you out of prisons, and those who had you captive won't even know wh where she go. They're going to wake up and be looking for you like, what happened to him? Hallelujah. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. And, there came with, and they came with one accord to him. And having made uh, Blastus the king's uh, chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. He spoke to them with a speech. And the people gave a shout, hallelujah, saying, it is the voice of God, lowercase g, not of a man. And immediately, somebody shout immediately. immediately. The angel of the Lord smote him, killed him, because he gave not God, big G, the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghosts. Hallelujah. Somebody give God the glory. Give God the glory. But the important part there is that as Peter was in prison, the church made intercession for him. I told you before, every major move of God that has had any ramifications in the earth has been birthed in prayer first. We see it all throughout the scripture. Every time somebody was, had done something amazing or was about to do something amazing, what did they do? They built an altar. Genesis 35, 1 through 5. Thank you, Jesus. And, and some of us need to take this scripture as we are about to read it and really pray, pray it over the city of Baltimore. Genesis 35, chapter 1 through 5, or verse 1 through 5. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. Oh, go back to verse 1. I'm sorry. Thank you. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, the house of God, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleest uh, out of the face of uh, Esau, thy brother. 
And Jacob said unto the household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel. This is a preacher here. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in, in the way which I went. And they gave up Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. The point of that was, as they built an altar to pray, the fear of God came upon the city. And part of the reason why Baltimore is where it is is because there are not enough altars to the true and the living God built and not enough believers deciding to, as Leviticus chapter 6 says, constantly keep the fire burning upon the altar. That's why all these killings are in the land, because there is no fear of the Lord. There is no terror of God in the land. We do not respect him. Somebody needs to build an altar. 1 Samuel 7 and 13. Same principle. Thank you, Jesus. First Samuel 7, 13. It says, so the Philistines were subdued and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Who is Samuel? He's a prophet and he's a priest. But what did Samuel do right before this? He built an altar. And as a result of the altar... The Philistines, they were subdued. And guess what? The blessed part is they came no more against the house of Israel. Some of us wonder, why am I still dealing with this issue? I prayed about it. I've asked God to take it from me. The reason is because your altar is unattended. He built an altar and they came not again. All through scripture, Abraham built an altar. Remember I talked to y'all about uh, uh, having the faith and just yielding to Holy Spirit. Abraham built an altar when, he, when God was talking to him about Isaac. Abraham built that altar, and it was not until he built the altar and put Isaac upon the altar that the answer appeared, right? You want to know the dealings of a man or woman of God, how that how that man or woman of God flows, how they do. You need to be able to mark their movements and activity at the altar. I've already said it. Every significant individual in scripture had an altar that they constantly attended to. You know, even um, I preached a message a while ago about Samson and how he was a Nazarite. And or was he was a Nazarite until that girl came upon him. But um, Samson's father, if you read the, the text, Samson's father and mother had an altar. And as they were tending to the fire on the altar, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, you're going to have a son. And these are the requirements of his life. 
He cannot, he cannot have any strong drink. He must never cut his hair. Yada, 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 okay? So that is, that's for some of you parents, too. I don't know how to raise my children. I don't know how to raise my kids. I don't know what to do with this issue. Jesus, build you an altar. And the angel of the Lord will come to you and give you instructions on what to do. Somebody shout, build an altar. Build an altar. Come on, build an altar. Build an altar. You know, the Bible talks about, uh, it's a place in Revelation, Revelation 11, and then there's a place in Ezekiel um, where the Bible talks about um, the angel of the Lord coming to measure the altar, coming to measure the temple. He's coming to take an inventory. Have you done what I told you to do? He's coming to measure. How big is your altar? How big is your altar? Do you, do you take and uh, it's important for us to have downtime. Don't hear me incorrectly. But do you uh, surrender all of your downtime to idleness? Do you, do you at the moment, any moment you get, a, you get a second just to sit, are you really just sitting? Sit before God. And, and I think part of the problem in the church is that we don't realize or we make it this super spooky thing. Like I, I've got to and I'm not talking about anybody who does this, but I've got to go and kneel in my closet underneath my clothes next to my shoes and rock back and forth and clap my hands. No. No. But you need to be constantly having the things of the spirit on your mind. Constantly uh, uh, having, um, you can listen to other music, but make sure that the other music isn't grabbing you, one, and make sure that worship is really what is getting in your spirit and is what you are offering up to God. Measure your altar. Measure your altar. The Bible talks about in, in, in Revelation 8, and uh, I'm done, you can stand on your feet. The Bible talks about in Revelation 8 that the prayers of all the saints are upon the golden altar. Before the throne of God. The prayers of all the saints. Are upon the golden or upon the golden altar before the throne of God. And it rises like incense. But how many know incense don't burn unless they're lit? Thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and so I really believe that tonight the Lord wanted us to become reacquainted with the function of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer for prayer. Prayer is a holy thing. We read the scripture last week. God, it is you that gives me the will and to do the desire and the power to do what is pleasing unto you. You don't want to come to prayer. And it's not because, you know, you need to go support your child at back to school night or whatever. You just I just don't feel like it tonight. You need the Holy Ghost. Seriously. And it's in those moments, really, that you really need to push your way to come and pray. Because he gives you the joy. In this house of prayer, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. You need to pray. You need to expand your altar. I need to even work on this. 
not waking up and jumping right out of the bed, but waking up and dedicating a portion of time to the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to expand our altars. If changing lives, I'm talking to the members now, is going to be what God wants it to be, we have to first be a house of prayer. We can talk about vision all day. But from the top down, Pastor Antoine and Pastor Shelley, all the way down to whomever you think is at the bottom. If there is no prayer, if the altar is not attended to, it'll fizzle out. Why? Because the enemy has set himself against moves of God in the earth. And so prayer is the way we defend the vision that has been cast. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, and just begin to open your mouth and expand your altar. Come on, stoke the fire on the altar of your heart. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, you can move out of your seat if you want to. Come, to. come to this physical altar, kneel at your seat, whatever you need to do. But come on, begin to expand your altar. Father, we bless you. Thank you. We honor you, Lord. We give your name praise and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, if you have a prayer language, pray in it. Thank you, Jesus. We expand our altar tonight, Lord God. And we could recommit ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. We recommit ourselves to tending to the altar. Come on, open your mouth and pray. Father, we expand our altar tonight. Father, we expand our altar tonight and we take the bricks that you've given us, Father, and we build up the altar of our hearts, Lord God, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father, we've not properly attended to the altar. That's why many of us, oh God, find ourselves in cycles, find ourselves doing the same sin habits because we have not tapped into the power of Holy Spirit. So, Father, we repent tonight of leaving the altar unattended. We repent tonight, oh God, of walking away from the altar and coming back when it was convenient for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, set a fire down in our souls, oh God. Set a fire in our hearts, oh God, that we will yearn for your presence and we will yearn to minister unto you and offer burnt offerings and sacrifices unto you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Yanama, Sheke, Yele, Behatabaya, Yele, Baba, Baba, Siele, Bodola, Bahati, Yele, Mandakan, Dele, Behesi, Yele, Bokuba, Taya. 
Come on, lift your voices. He wants to hear from you, his daughter. He wants to hear from you, his son. He wants to hear from you. Come on, lift your voices before him. Father, hallelujah. You are our one desire. Yes, Lord. You are our one desire, our one hope, our one truth. You, oh God, hallelujah. You are our one treasure. Father, to know you is our highest aspiration. To know you is our highest aspiration. So, Father, tonight we come to the altar. Yes, God. We come to the altar and we tend to the altar. Hallelujah. Father, we repent, Lord. We come back to the altar. We seek your face. We seek your presence. We desire time with you again. We come back to the place that we know with you, Father God, and we desire to go higher in you we will be led by your spirit alone in the name of Jesus you are our first love we come back to our first love and our desire you are our joy Lord we come back to our joy in you we come back to our hope in you and our peace in you we come to the God of wisdom for direction we come to the God of wisdom for the resolve of every situation that has stressed us, that has caused us anxiety. We give it to you, God. We repent for leaving the altar, Lord. Ooh, we told the altar, we remove the weeds from our altar in Jesus' name, and we care for our altar. In Jesus' name, we put our sacrifice back on the altar. We sacrifice our time, the things of this world that we have come to love, and we come back to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our mind is yours. Our heart is yours. Our soul is yours. Our body is yours. In Jesus' name. Do as you please, Father, even in this moment, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Baptize us afresh in your spirit. You are our desire and our great reward. You are who we want, oh God. Nothing else will satisfy us, Lord. We long for the God of our salvation to know you in that way again. A new zeal and excitement for you and your presence, oh God. 
and to show our family and the world who you are. That your presence is felt outside the church walls in Jesus' name. That we walk fully filled with your spirit and with your glory and with your presence and we carry your authority outside of these walls in Jesus' name. That others will desire you. For revival in Jesus' name. For a birthing in Jesus' name. For a breaking of the dam in Jesus' name. For overflow of your spirit in Jesus' name. For barriers to be broken in the name of Jesus. For renewed hope and desire in Jesus' name. For birthing of purposes in the name of Jesus. That we will not be stagnant. We will not be held up. Fear is leaving in the name of Jesus. A new faith. By your power, for your glory. Not our own might or our own strength, oh God. But for your glory, Lord, led by your spirit. For your will and your purposes. For we delight in you and in your precepts. For joy is found in you and in your precepts. And we follow not our own will, but yours, oh God. So birth a new thing now, and we say yes, and we receive what you are pouring out, and we are in agreement with what you are doing, and we do not fight your ways or what you have spoken, and we are who you say we are. And we even pray a covering over this church, over this community, over this city in the name of Jesus. For the bands of wickedness are broken in Jesus' name. For your spirit flows freely in this place in Jesus' name. That all may start to build an altar for the Lord. That idols will fall and strongholds are breaking. Come on, pray a little while longer. I feel like there's just a deeper place that we need to go to. Come on, somebody release the groan in your belly. Where we don't know what to pray for as we are. The Spirit Himself prays through us with moanings and groanings. Hey, oh. Kiyalabahan de lebahata basaya. Hiyalamababakande yelebesi 
Hallelujah. Come on, let it let it hit your belly. Here number bandile behataya. Come on, men, and pray. Open your mouth, men, and pray. We stand, O God, as men and women of God, as sons and daughters of the Most High. And as we stand in this church, we know that we stand in another place also. Yes, O God, now we rise, Father, to command angel armies. We rise to command angel armies and to issue orders according to the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, our prayer is that the fire on the altar will never go out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, let the fear of the Lord come upon this city. Let the fear of the Lord come upon this country in the name of Jesus. For there is a church, there is a gathering of believers who will pray and will never faint. Yes, oh God, we agree with your word in Jesus' name. Father, we want you. We want you, oh God. So we seek you. So we seek you. Here, Come on, let those tears fall. say, Come on, let those tears fall. The Bible declares that the tears of the saints are bottled in heaven. And God waits to pour them back out. Let those tears fall. Heaven keeps record. Hey, the one of the reasons, one of the reasons why the church in Acts chapter 12 was so effective in their prayer is because they had a target intercessors. I need you to listen to me. If you're on the fire starters, I want you to hear this. They had a target and they hit the target. And that is why they were so effective in getting Peter out of jail by the power of God because they prayed until the target responded. I'm going to give you a prayer target and I want everybody in this room to pray into it. Just this morning, Pastor Shelley said to me that the Lord showed her just as soon as the weather gets warm, there will be massacres in the land. Now, this is not to cause you to be fearful, but this is to cause you to rise up in strength and to pray. So come on, open your mouth and begin to pray and hit the target. <laughs> 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 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against the spirit of violence. Come on, we need a praying church. We come against the spirit of rage, yes. In the hearts of men and women, we come against, oh God, any diabolical plots that desires to ruin people's lives in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we cancel the spirit of murder that has been loosed in the land, and we decree and declare that there is liberty for the people in Jesus' name. We declare that as we cry loud, the Lord is releasing answers, and he is healing our land according to his word. Yes, Father, we thank you you Lord God uh, that as we lay up intercession before you you are answering our prayers even before we pray uh, for your word declares that you know what we'll pray uh, even before we utter it uh, so God in the name of Jesus uh, I pray that you go into every urban center in this country uh, I pray oh God that you go into every suburb uh, in this country uh, every school uh, in this country yeah even the world uh, and God our prayer tonight uh, is that hallelujah confusion would be loosed upon uh, the enemy's camp in Jesus name. Uh, may the plans be thwarted uh, in Jesus name. Uh, may the documents be lost. Uh, may the diagrams be smudged uh, in Jesus name. Uh, we come against uh, every devil, uh, every hallelujah, every device uh, that has been sent out of hell uh, against God's people. Uh, and we, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and we decree, uh, we declare, uh, and we enforce the word of the Lord, uh, which is the earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof. Uh, we enforce the word of the Lord. Uh, the earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof. Uh, we enforce the word of the Lord. Uh, the earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof. Uh, the world uh, and they that dwell therein. Uh, Satan, you heard the word of the Lord. Uh, now we command you uh, in Jesus' name to respond uh, to the word of our God uh, for our God hallelujah uh, is like a fire hallelujah uh, and it comes to quench uh, everything not like him uh, we pray the name of Jesus uh, over Baltimore uh, we pray the name of Jesus uh, over Maryland uh, we pray the name of Jesus uh, over the White House uh, we pray the name of Jesus uh, over the United States of America over North America, over Europe, over South America. We pray the name of Jesus over Africa. We pray the name of Jesus. Come on and pray. We pray the name of Jesus over the Caribbean, over Asia, over Australia and Antarctica. And we say that the name of our God is a strong tower. The righteous can run therein and they are safe. The name of Jesus is our strong tower and it is our weapon tonight oh ya talara wasikila bahataba Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that even right now as we stand in this church and pray, wherever in the world they may be, may the love of God come into the heart of the murderer. May the love of God come into the heart of the terrorist in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. May the power of God meet them where they are. Come on, I need y'all to contend for this. May the power of God meet them where they are right now. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we know that you are not bound by space and time. So while you're here with us, go be there with them. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yatalabaseke. Pukielamanda paha. In the name of Jesus, it is done. It is so far. Yes, okay. Um, Holy Spirit tells me to pray for the malls. Father, we pray right now. Come on, lift your voice. And we pray for every shopping center in this country, in this world. We pray for the malls, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we, um, we cancel the plan even to release like a biochemical agent in the air duct systems uh, of these mass gathering places in the name of Jesus. Yes, we pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus for the stadiums, uh, the conventions centers uh, and we declare that the blood of Jesus covers uh, the blood of Jesus protects uh, the blood of Jesus shields uh, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, with your mighty right arm oh God uh, we say come and smash the enemy on his head uh, come and uh, cancel his plans uh, in the name of Jesus Christ in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus' name, we seal this prayer. Mm. So, Father, tonight we recommit ourselves to tending to the altars of our hearts. Yes, Lord. May the fire that is on the altar of our hearts kindle and burn brighter. And may it never go out. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. We pray. Um, hallelujah. I want to say something to all the men in the house. It is imperative that the, uh, we hear Pastor Antoine say it, but I want to just echo him. It is imperative that the men lead even in prayer. It is not a sexist thing. But for too long, the men in the church have fallen back and taken up the mechanical work of the church, banging in nails and fixing the toilets and all that, mopping the floor. And we've left the spiritual work to the women. And because of that, the enemy has been able to ravage our families. Men, I want you to hear me. I don't care how many steps you get as you walk on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday with the We Our Us movement and Pastor Antoine. If prayer is not the engine, it'll be nothing but a gathering. As y'all are out there walking, I know the Muslims are there. I want y'all to begin to pray to the true and the living God. As just as you're walking, you, you can do it under your breath. But prayer has to be the engine of it. Prayer has to be the engine of it. If the change that you all are causing is going to last. It starts in the spirit of a man. That change starts inwardly. For too long in the church, we've tried to dress people up. And put the accoutrements of what it looks like to be saved, quote unquote. But inwardly, they were not transformed. 
And the way a man is transformed is by the Spirit of God. It starts in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give God praise. We give God honor. Clap your hands. Give God praise. Okay. Uh, 